Thank you. My bad. You know, you just got to follow me around for a day. It, it's hard to be in YJ. <laughs> but anyway, Pastor Chris had called me and, and said, would you come back uh, to think about praying about coming back to Bastrop? So it's a lot of great things going to happen here. So, man, it looks great. He says, uh, would you consider that? And I thought, you know, we talked for about 45 minutes over the phone. And then suddenly, uh, I just said, you know, Pastor, I, I mean, pa- oh, this is before he was a pastor. I said, Chris, you know, uh, I think uh, God may be calling you to do that. And boy, from that time on, they started the school, and this is what's been the result of it. I thank God for you. You're a great church. I appreciate that. It's been a, it's been a wonderful time here, and I, I thank God for your for your joy. Your worship team is just exceptional. I'll tell you, I, I thank God for them. I, I've uh, really enjoyed being here. It's been a, a blessing. Have you ever been, uh, have a sense of frustration? Have you ever been aggravated? That you had to take some things to God. Uh, sometimes we we have uh, situations that happen on our in our lives, and it's either at school or it's in your job, or maybe perhaps it's in your uh, corporate business. But sometimes it affects your family. Your amen. You got to be ready for this sermon, okay? You got you got to come in right now, okay? When you think about this, I want you to look at this passage of scripture because it says, now as they were on the way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed her and welcomed him into her house. So here was a, two sisters, Mary, Martha, and her brother Lazarus. Lazarus was not here in the scene. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted, being pulled in different ways, which means she was full of anxiety, which means that just before that, just she's getting ready. Now, somebody were to tell you that Jesus is coming to your house. I mean, boy, for us, I'm thinking of Mary and Martha, and I'm thinking what's happening in this scene is Martha says, man, Jesus is coming to my house. I mean, let's get everything in order. Let's get everything straight. And so immediately, she looks and she says, but Martha was distracted being pulled in different ways with much serving. And she went up to him and she said, Lord, do you really care that my sister has left me to serve alone? You ever felt like you're doing all the work? You may be complaining about your husband. You may be complaining about your wife. You may be complaining about your sister, your brother. You may be complaining about several things in your business, where you work. But all of a sudden, God gives us an answer. And our answer's hard. Now, now get this. You gotta, do you ever read your Bible? <laughs> I mean, I like to read the Bible and put myself in the place. What does it look like? She's in the kitchen. She's got an apron on. And Mary's sitting there at the feet of Jesus where she wants to be. And she's trying to soak in everything that Jesus has because she's a highly sensitive person. And here's Martha trying to do all the serving and get all the work done she doesn't know does does jesus like does he like flour tortillas or does he like corn tortillas or what is he like does he like fideo what am i going to fix you know and she's bad she's there and she's got this apron on she's going like this and she's looking at martha martha just caught up with jesus right now and she's going like this and she's going 
Jesus turns around and looks at her and she goes. I'm thinking, boy, you know, you ever read your Bible? Did you see that? Did you miss it? I mean, there's aggravation going on. And so immediately, immediately when that happens, the Lord turns to her and says, Martha, Martha. He says it twice. You know, I remember when mama said something. My name's so long. I, I, told, I told this, I said, I'm not going to say my name unless you, can, unless you can say it back to me. If you don't, you owe me $5. My name is Isidro Jose Antonio Ariano Jimenez Rodriguez III. And so, <laughs> so, whenever he said, Martha, Martha, you were anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. She had an attitude of worship and an attitude of meditation. She was focused on Jesus. I want you to think about this. She was criticizing someone because they were different. And she needed help. When you're frustrated, there's no room for the Spirit of God. He has to be pushed down. And your spirit of aggravation may be with someone that you're supposed to love. It may be with someone that you are having a challenge with at school. And your frustration, you're so filled with frustration that you've got a big blind spot. And that blind spot, you look at and you think, what is going on? What is it that's happening? Because it could be in relationships, it could be your job performance, it could be mentally, physically, emotionally, just draining for you. And so when you do that, when it comes to that, I look at all the blind spots that people had. Now, what is a blind spot? Now, let's just look at this for a minute. A blind spot is an area in the life of people in which they continue to not see themselves in their situation realistically. And that you and, I, you and I have a habit of not seeing how we really are. When I look at the Bible, there were several people filled with blind spots. In fact, Abigail in the Old Testament had a husband that was harsh. He was brutal. He did everything but beat her. When I looked at, at other people, King David didn't realize that he had a spirit of lust. King Saul didn't realize that he had a spirit of jealousy. They had a blind spot of jealousy. Samson didn't realize his blind spot of lust. And when I look at Peter, Peter didn't have, didn't realize his machismo attitude. <laughs> and Paul didn't realize his spirit of pride because he had to be given a thorn in the flesh in order to be revealed to him that he had a blind spot. And Judas didn't realize he had a blind spot of greed. That he sold out Jesus for $30. And so when I look at that, I'm thinking that everybody has a personality. You and I are different than each other. Mary was different than Martha. And God has created us, even before you were ever even thought of, God already had in mind how you were going to be, who you were going to be, and how your personality was going to be. So they tell us we, we have four different personalities. We have an extroverted or a sanguine personality that's talkative. You, you're a socialite. You love to talk to people. You go around. I mean, it's not a problem in meeting new people. Or some of you are, are very are choleric is what they call it. They're independent. You're very decisive. You're, you're goal-oriented. You're result-oriented. Some of us are melancholic. That means you're introverted. Uh, you try to avoid being singled out in a crowd. You're often anxious. You strive for perfection within yourself. You're detail-oriented. 
Sound familiar? Catch one of you? Phlegmatic. It means you're relaxed, people, quiet, easygoing, sympathetic. You care about others, but you hide your emotions. One of them hit you? I'm, I'm one. We go to the Apache Reservation, or Navajo Reservation. I'm out meeting the Navajo and Apaches, and, and, and the clerics are going, hey, we got to stay on time. And, and here, we're not reaching our goal. And the flamagers are saying, hey, I'm just having fun right now. And the melancholics are, are saying, hey, just let me do my thing. I, I'm going to take care of this. And God's put us all together. But you may be looking at someone and, and judging them by how they are. You still with me? Your blind spot, you got to help me out here. Your blind spot is sometimes the fact that you pulled it in. When I look at this, I'm thinking it could be a, a prideful attitude. It could be that the Bible says, ye husbands dwell with your wives according to knowledge. Knowledge of what? If, you, if you're married today and you are married, you don't recognize how you need to treat your wife. Because you see... How God created her, he's the engineer of how he created her. He knows her personality. He knows everything about her because he created her. When I was in California, we had an oriental church in our, uh, oriental church in our church within our church. And so I had problems with my computer and I told one of them about it. And five, they sent five people to come check it out. And I, I looked at that and they said, oh, he's the one that made that computer. And I'm thinking, What? says, uh, and he turned it over to an engineer, and he said, that engineer can tell you what to do, and this guy can tell you what to do, and he'll be able to fix it. Within a few minutes, they had it fixed. See, God created the person that you are having struggles with. He is the only one that knows because he created them. He knows what they've been through. He knows what they're going through. He knows what all they've been able to accomplish, but he also knows where they're hurting at. Now, Martha didn't realize that. And Jesus, Mary is concentrating and focused on Jesus. Sometimes we have hurtful attitudes. Sometimes we have complaining attitudes. Sometimes we just go off. Don't we? There was a lady in California that was sitting at a red light and the guy in front of her wouldn't move. So she honked the horn. She beat on her steering wheel. You could see her yelling. And all of a sudden, the light turned green and the guy still didn't move. And then it turned red. And she just started blowing the horn again, yelling and screaming out. You could see her hands going everywhere. And then when the light turned green, she took off and a cop stopped her. And said, ma'am, he said, I stopped you. And she started going off on him. She said, how could you stop me? I didn't do anything. That man in front of me wouldn't move. And so here I am right now. And I'm so aggravated. Why would you stop me? He says, ma'am, back off just a second. He said, I, I saw your bumper, bumper sticker. And it said, it said, I love the Lord. And I love other people. Follow me to church. And I thought your car was stolen. You still with me? Sometimes we're unaware of our condition. And what God has to do is to reveal those blind spots. Say, why did you break up with that guy? Because he had a blind spot. Why did you break up with that girl? Because she had a blind spot. Why did you break up in your marriage? Because he had a blind spot or she had a blind spot. Why did you break up with that person? Why did, why did this happen? Why did they leave? Why did this do? 
because they had a blind spot. Sometimes we have to be reminded about the fact that, hey, you know, people have blind spots. And, and here's the thing. Ought to resign when your service has become a burden or unpleasant. Ought to resign when you hold other people to your expectations. Ought to resign when you become critical of other people. Ought to resign when your service takes priority over your relationship with the Lord. So what am I saying? Martha didn't realize that Mary was spending time with Jesus. And if you skip Jesus and you try to serve God without serving without spending time with Jesus, you'll be frustrated. You'll be aggravated. Here's some questions to ask because some of you may be walking in this world and you're not, you're totally oblivious to the people around you because your heart has grown cold. You may be here today and you may be so oblivious to everything in your family. And you're taking it out on somebody else. And what's happening is that God wants you to see that blind spot. Revelation says, I count you for you don't realize you say I'm rich, I'm prospered and I need nothing. Not realizing that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind and naked. The questions to ask sometimes are, am I frustrated with things that are not working out? Am I being stubborn and wanting my own way? Am I blaming other people for my frustrations? Am I experiencing tensions in my home? Am I relying on self-confidence in my own pride? And lastly... Am I so frustrated that I'm taking it out on others? If you're oblivious, then it's time for a wake-up call. It's time to be able not to resign because God doesn't want you to resign. He wants you to change. He wants you to repent and see yourself in the mirror and see because there's a mirror principle or there's a lens principle. The lens principle is how you see other people. The mirror principle is how you see yourself. And when I look at scripture, I'm thinking, I want to I be able to help you as God has helped me. So how do you get rid? How do you do the ABCs? I'm, I'm very practical. ABCs uh, of knowing, of removing your blind spots. Because God does not want you to resign. He doesn't want you to break out of your marriage. He doesn't want you to, to he wants you to be able to change. You see, God has placed you on your job no matter how hard it is. So that you can be an influence to the world around you. And Jesus is coming. We've got to get rid of all these idiosyncrasies. All these blind spots. So that other people can see us. That we're the salt of the earth. And if they don't see it. They're not going to come. So I realized. That a long time ago. I may have, My blind spot. Affected my family. My mother and dad were ready to kick me out. In fact they did kick me out. And when I began to realize that the blind spot was in my own life. I want to tell you. Here's three things that I want to share with you. Is number one. Ask those that love you best to reveal your blind spots. Now that person has to love you and you have to love that person. Don't tell somebody their blind spot if they don't ask for it. (laughs) I'm telling you. Now Payne Stewart was the late great golf player of PGA of yesteryear he was killed in a plane crash but he left behind a memory 
And the memory is, is that one day it appeared in the PJ, one of the golf articles, it appeared in this, that he had, that he had taken the time with a buddy having lunch. And he happened to just ask his buddy, he says, tell me, tell me what, whatever people say about me. I, I'm, I'm I want you to be honest with me. It's okay. He said, you're brash, you're arrogant. And you you put down everybody. He got on the phone, called his wife after the dinner, and he says, Honey, this is what he told me. I was brash, arrogant. I take a lot of stuff on everybody. Is he right? said, He's right. <laughs> but you know, Payne Stewart was affected and influenced by his children that went to a great church. And his children talked to them about Jesus. He committed his life to Christ, got baptized, and a few years later, the plane was seen going out, and they sent another plane up there, and the whole crew members of that private plane lost oxygen, and he died in that plane crash. How important it is to see your blind spots, because God wants to be able to change you. He doesn't want to hurt you. Secondly, you listen to God through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you about your blind spot, if you'll let him. The other way God speaks is through the church. And as the church comes together, it says this. It says that there be no division on this, that those parts of the body that we think are less honorable, we bestow the greatest honor and unpleasant parts are treated with greater modesty, which are more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Now listen to this. God has positioned you in the church to hear a word from God through Pastor Chris So that any of these blind spots that show up, that the Holy Spirit can interact with you and show you where you're hurting. So that you can adjust, so that your family becomes an influence in the world, so that the world is infected by the the county, by where you live, by your family, and all the way through the world. So what is happening? When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it's important to be able to listen quietly. Because if you miss a Sunday, this pandemic is throwing all of us into a whirlwind. Because we've chosen other things to do. And if we're not careful, Jesus is going to come now. We've got to be ready. We've got to get rid of all these blind spots so that we're ready to be presented before the Lord. So when you do that, the Holy Spirit moves in such a way. I want to tell you that. On horseback, I, I worked a lot of horses in my life. And when I was here in Rosanke and uh, there in Rosanke and here in Bastrop when I was younger. And then I went out to California and I was working horses. I did that on the side. That's my pleasure. But I, I, I've kind of backed off now. I'm all beat up and everything. And I'm thinking, you know what? I was on a horseback. The horse been doing everything in the, up in the mountains in California. All of a sudden, there was a trail I was going to take. And that horse started acting up. He started going back and forth and, and moving around. I tried to spur him one way or another. He wouldn't go. And I just felt the Spirit of the Lord say, be still. Be still. And I calmed the horse down and started rubbing him. And I got quiet. And I listened and I heard a buzzing. It was a loud buzz. I didn't know what it was. 
And all of a sudden, I looked. And I looked through the woods. And there was a big beehive about like this. Huge. Those bees would have attacked me. And had it been on horseback, it would have thrown me off. There had been... I'd have gone down that, that side of that mountain had I not listened. Listen, God knows what's ahead for you. He knows what's ahead in your marriage. He knows what's ahead in your job. He knows what's ahead in your life. He knows who's going to die tomorrow. He knows what's going to happen. He knows everything. If you're not listening, if you're not spending time with God, it's going to blindside you. You've got to be listening. When I look at that, I, I think in, the Bible says, uh, walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The word walk means to consistently walk. Now, I want to tell you, I told Pastor Chris, I said, three services. Man, I said, I, I used to do three services in California, but I said, man, I said, that was 10 years ago, and I do three services now. I'm not going to die on the stage. Man, so I started riding my bicycle. I started getting ready for this. I'm thinking, man, three services. Man, it's going to kill me. I'm thinking, man, I'm all broke up from, from my feet to my head, from horses and everything. But, but you know what? I, I, it was third service was over. And I, said, I told my wife, I said, you know what? I want us to go home with chill. I'm going to pick up some. There's a place called Winco. And it's, it's, a, it's a supermarket like H-E-B. And I said, man, I'm going to get me some chicken. And I said, go home. I'll get all the fixing and bake uh, and all the potato salad and everything i'll get everything and and so you just go home so i, I go to the supermarket and it, it's before the days of uh 10 or 20 less items you know you can get a speed line it was before those days and so i saw a basket and it was full the thing was full i'm talking about full it's overlapping full and so i go and i i look and i said nobody's at the deal so i i went around him and i went around this basket and i put my chicken and my potato salad on there and all of a sudden, about two or three minutes later, I'm waiting in line for the next person to get out. This guy comes and says, oh, no, you don't. And he takes my potato salad, my chicken, throws it in there, and, and shoves me out of the way. I'm from Texas. <laughs> I'm from Bastrop County. You don't push around people like that. And... And then the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, bless your enemies. How am I going to bless him? So he's looking at his list. Like he doesn't have enough groceries. And so he's looking at his list and going. And I said, "Uh, sir, I'd be glad to go get some more things for you. Keep it up. I thought, oh, man, he wants to fight. They called the manager. Said so that guy from Australia, well, a guy with a weird accent. You know, if I talked like this in California, they thought I was from Australia. Now, anyway, they called the manager. I said, hey, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I'm not starting anything. He just, you know, it's okay. So the Spirit of the Lord is talking to me. I'm thinking, oh, God. He says, pray for your enemies. Yes, sir. I pray that when he picks up that bag and it's full, I hope it, it just falls out. No, you can't pray like that. <laughs> you do it too. <laughs> you can't be like that. The Spirit of the Lord just said, pray for them that despitefully use you. I started praying, God, I don't know what's wrong with this man. 
Why would he go off on? Why would he do something like that? I don't know. You know, I'm sitting there waiting, waiting, and 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 well, we're we're praying. I'm just praying, and all of a sudden, I look up. He's about to pay out. I'm paying out. I'm thinking, oh boy, this is going to go. Hey, Father, I just I just pray. He said, "Why, Jay? <laughs> you're, you know, you're you're a believer. You're saved. You're my son." you're a preacher, you just got to have three services. I said, Father, forgive him. He doesn't know what he's doing. I got ready to get my grocery, my chicken. was getting cold. Picking it up. He comes over there, grabs me, hugs me. I don't know what got into me, sir. I I don't want any trouble. Don't don't fight. God must have made me bigger than anything. Because... he just grabbed me and hugged me and said, oh, please forgive me. Please forgive me. I was so with him. I kind of pulled out of my car and I said, I'm a pastor. <laughs> Here's my car. <laughs> Come see me if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks later, I'm in Walmart. Sitting there with my groceries in a line. I look around, do I want a water, coke, you know, gum? You know how they put it right there, you know, so you're going to get the last spent, last buck off of you. All of a sudden, I look up, there's a lady in front of me. I said, <clears throat> and somebody goes, ah, I said, Lord, what is going on? This is the second time this has happened. God's working on my patience. And get this. This thought. About a month later, where the church was located at, it's on a street, had to cross a main thoroughfare. A lady was in front of me, and she just sat there. It turned green. You know, I learned in California, you don't honk your horn. And uh, I started to ask, what's going on, just meal, get Dennis. <laughs> you know? Well, and I'm waiting. I said, should I hunt my horn? And maybe she's... And all of a sudden, an 18-wheeler went by and ran the red light. And I thought, what are you trying to tell me, God? He's trying to teach me patience. If you have a persistent thing going on in your life that keeps happening... God's trying to identify what it is that your blind spot is. If you're having a difficulty in school or a challenge with others, it may not be them. Sometimes it is. But it may be you. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it's important to make the adjustments. And so you want to make the adjustments immediately. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the deep things of God. So you want to confess it sincerely to God. God, you've identified the blind spot in my life. And I want to confess it. And that means to agree with God what he's just revealed to you. You confess it specifically. Don't just say, I sin. God, I got mad at that supermarket. I got mad when they cut me off in traffic. I I got mad at my husband. I got mad at my wife. 
one of the most difficult places I ever went was when I was called to a tragedy. And the tragedy involved a man that had been killed, a husband that had been killed. The wife was just, they had called me and the wife was just, had she couldn't control herself. She was literally banging the walls. I rehearse that moment time and time again when I preach this message. And as I rehearse it, I, I hurt. Because when we finally settled down, I, I just learned a long time ago, he whose mind is stayed on the Isaiah 26, 3, shall be in perfect peace. So the best way to grab people back to square one and to see is to pray they focus on Jesus. So he whose mind is stayed on thee shall be in perfect peace. So I prayed, God, help her mind to be focused on you. That word means to stay, to lean on. When she finally got control of herself, she said, when my husband left this morning, we had a fight. And I told him to go to hell. blind spot I don't know if she ever got over it after a lot of counseling after a lot of things I really don't know if she ever got over it you see the reason it was so important for Christ to show Martha her uh, her blind spot was because something was around the corner that was going to happen. It would be the death of her brother, Lazarus. And the day that her brother, Lazarus, died, she couldn't take it because she hadn't spent time with Jesus. Mary had to be reminded that Jesus was the resurrection and the life. But the next thing that would happen, they would see Jesus, their friend, their Savior, be hung up on the cross for their sins. How do you take something like that? Unless you spent time with Christ. I got this. Not too long ago. And it said the other day. I was hanging with a friend. This friend calls herself a Christian. But doesn't always act like it. Some days she's on fire for the Lord. And some days life struggles. Seem to get the best of her. So as our eyes met. I really wanted to say something about about it to her, but decided to just let the Lord speak to her heart. Knowing nothing I could say could have the impact that the Lord could make himself real in her heart and could make her a different person. So I prayed with her, and I finally, after some time, I winked and walked away from the mirror. I've had five major life-threatening accidents. You don't want to ride with me. (laughs) Some have been on horseback. Most of them have been on cars. The first accident I had was in 1980. They gave me three hours to live here in Bastrop Hospital. 
my kidneys weren't functioning. I almost uh, was paralyzed. And the doctor came in and said, you're going to die. And he said, you need two things you need to do. You need to see an attorney if you don't have a will. You need to call Mr. Kershaw or somebody at that time. Or you need to call somebody to help you with a will. And secondly, you need to talk to the man outside the door. My family was all around me. And the pastor came and talked to me. And he said, why, Jay, if you live, how are you going to live with this? I said, I don't know. I had a bad drinking problem. At that time, everybody in Bastrop County knew. I wasn't a preacher, I'll say that. And that day, I bowed my head and said, Dear God, I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross. And I'm asking you to forgive me. In the next three hours, I'm asking you to change me. And I'm asking you to take me to heaven. And if you let me live... You're going to have to do a lot of changing because I've tried to change and I can't change. And three hours later, I was given a new shot at life. And I started reading my Bible, started asking God to change me. Started getting with a discipleship group. But in 1982, I was already preaching. Two years later, I was already preaching at Rosanke Little Church. I was going to school and my brakes out of a Mach 1 Mustang I was real proud of. Went out and I looked up and I fishtailed. It was wet and oil slick and an 18-wheeler hit me. <clears throat> and I had a severe concussion, almost killed me back in Bastrop Hospital. They had ice on me, bags of ice on me. My head felt like it was split. It felt like I the worst headache you could ever have. And I, all I could know, I was in so much pain, but I could hear the words of a dear friend. And she was a nurse, and we were in the ER. And all of a sudden, all I could hear was this. Why, Jay, if you fall asleep now, you'll never wake up. Why, Jay, if you fall asleep now, you'll never wake up. Why, Jay, if you fall asleep now, you'll never wake up. Why, Jay, if you fall asleep, you'll never wake up. And I kept on hearing that over and over and over. Why, Jay, don't fall asleep. And they, they would shake the ice around me to get me to stay awake. Some of us have some things we need to adjust in our lives. You're brash. You're arrogant. You're looking down on others. You don't love somebody. You've had a bad past. You're taking it out on other people. And the Bible says, Live at peace with all men. Without such no man shall see the Lord. Lest a root of bitterness enter in and trouble you. And the root can be something like Mary experienced. It could be very simple. But you pushed it down because it's unresolved. And Jesus didn't, you didn't let Jesus deal with it. And you pushed it down some more and it became bitterness. And then you push it down some more, it become rage. And once it becomes rage, it comes and manifests itself in all kinds of ways. It comes out in all kinds of alcoholism, drug addiction, depression, all the other things that happen because of something that happened back here. That you haven't dealt with. And it's become a thing that's happening to you right now. That is a blind spot. Unless you deal with it. It'll affect your relationships. It'll affect your job performance. It'll affect your church. It'll affect everything. If you fall asleep now. You'll never wake up. 
Would you pray with me? I want to say, as we get ready for this time, perhaps you just want to pray where you're at. But maybe some of you need prayer. Maybe perhaps you're here today and, and you realize that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God is raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart, man believes in righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made into salvation. You're here and you feel a tug at your heart. And you say, I don't know what that's the Spirit of God want, want to you to open up your life and say yes to Jesus. And if you're here, you can pray and say, Dear God, I have sinned. I need forgiveness. I've got a lot of blind spots. And you're showing them to me right now. And I need to be changed. God, I want you to come in my life. Save me. Change me. In Jesus' name. Anybody pray that prayer right now? Anybody? Praise the Lord. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want you to sign the guest card or sign a card and say, I prayed that prayer. Would you do that right now? Would you do that right now? If you prayed that prayer, I want you to to write that down. Write your name down, please. Pastor Chris will get this. He'll follow up with you. And it's the greatest thing that I ever did was to bow my head and say Christ and follow through in baptism and follow through and start reading my Bible. I didn't even understand it. I didn't know what what was going on. But God just illuminated some things to me just over and over. And he's still showing me things. He's still showing me blind spots. My wife has a terminal disease right now. You know what? I wish I could have a time with my wife when I could go on vacation. We can't do that anymore. Why was I so busy? Are you so busy right now that you're not taking time for your family, for church, for relationships? Your blind spot may have cost you some things in your life. But now is the time when we just get serious with God. Because God loves you. God loves you. And he wants the best for you. So in these quiet moments. Be right with God. If you're prepared to take the communion. I see what Pastor Chris says about this third service. You're special. You took the time of your day to come and worship. and give thanks to the Lord. And to hear the word. I want to tell you. Just in the brief time I've been here this morning, I love you as a church. You're special. I, you have a great pastors. But we have a great God. And he died on the cross for you and me. Before you take the Lord's Supper, just reflect upon the things that we just spoke about. Maybe there's blind spots that God's revealed. And you confess those. This is a special time. He took the bread. 
And he gave thanks. So, Father, we thank you. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for being able to wash all our sins away. Thank you so much for that you would do that for us and give us a new beginning, a new start. Thank you so much. This is my body, which is given for you. Then he took the juice, which is the symbolism of his blood. Oh, the cross. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. Thank you so much that you gave your blood for us, that it keeps cleansing us even today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you gave your life for us. We look forward to doing this again with you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you for coming and being a part of this. God is so good. Thank you for the privilege of preaching today. Love you. God bless you. Thank you so much.